Damn it. I thought we were going to get away with it. I thought it wasn't going to do it this time. It's always going to do it's it. It's always going to do it. Um, you know, it's that's just how it is. How are you guys, ladies and gentlemen? How? Uh, this evening, this afternoon. What time is it? It's seven. It is the seven. The show is at seven every week. Our time. Our time. We don't know where means, everyone else is. Which means that it's four in California. They yeah. are so behind on everything. They really are. Get it. Sorry, I don't know. I have... I have been up for way too long today. I'm usually not up this long on Sundays. Yeah, it's it's starting to get to me. Who probably should have had coffee before the show too. By the way, coffee, you want to throw it at me? <laughs> Mount Pocono Perk, Tableau Roasting Co. Buy it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the, the intros for the coffee are just going to get more and more oh, like, yeah. just whacked in the face with it. But whoo, all right. That said, that out of the way. Oh my God, my arms got smaller. I thought they looked bigger. Really? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I needed that. Uh, <laughs> one of Cat's friends told me I looked skinny at the bar the other week. I was like, you know what? This is a good, this is a good time. <laughs> it's a good week. It was Nick. It was. Oh, Nick's yeah. great. Yeah, Nick's great. I love Nick. It's so upbeat. What a guy. Uh, but anyway, to get into the show, I spent this entire week trying to track down the origin of vampires and almost went insane doing it. Well, you didn't tell me that part. <laughs> um, turns out, uh, vampire as a term, did not come to mean what we use it as until 1897. And what did it mean before then? Uh, there's a number of possibilities. The word itself kind of breaks down, if I remember correctly, into, uh, like, man-drainer or something like that. The uh, what? I I'm trying to remember. Or, or und I'm, I, it's The man-drainer? This is the one thing that oh, I, I really should have written down, but... Uh, I guess when you think about what a vampire does, it drains you of blood. The man-drainer... Yeah, this this thing with it coming from the word witch is probably not it at all. Since when is that a thing? Um, there's a... there's a The Turks just have to insert themselves into everything, and they weren't involved here. What is the context? Um, i to remember. Uh, yeah, so according to Etymology Online, it is... Uh, okay, this is not breaking it up into the component parts like I was hoping it would again. Um, I, I read something that it was like, it, you know, something along those lines that it... Impl it, it the, the actual word itself had to do with draining and people, I believe. Interesting. Uh, one who drains, something like that. It, it's, it's, I'm so mad at myself. because Now I, I want to like, know what umpire. Oh, good God. The, the etymology of <laughs> that is. Um, I believe it's the, the, I believe it, oh God, because it's, it's, it's Slavic. So I have no mm. idea when it comes to the root words, but yeah. So the, the idea here, um, is that originally you were looking at a creature, a being that was draining people of something. Um, oh God, somebody said the man drainer sounds like me on a Friday night. Uh, <laughs> I should have seen it coming. Um, what's that? What do you got there? Uh, I was looking for the Slavic roots and... Uh, look, look up... Um, God. Uh... This is driving me insane. Don't it's not super, it's not in my notes. Uh, it's the one thing I didn't write down because I came across it and I was like, I don't know that I believe that. I don't know if that sounds correct to me. Uh, you're not going to find it on any of those pages. <laughs> I've read through all of those Wikipedia Fair pages. Fair enough. Um, I've read through so much Wikipedia this week. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Wikipedia was a, a big resource here. Not in that I took everything from it, but that I used it to search as many sources as I could find. Wikipedia as a, a citation engine 
if your goal is to research something, go to its Wikipedia page and just go read the Wikipedia page and anything, anytime you find something you like, something that seems relevant, go look at what the citation is and then go read the citation. Yep. Specifically at the bottom of the page, that list of a bunch of links. To or things. you can just click the the foot, the end note. The oh, number. right. Yeah. yeah. They just click that. A lot of the time it will take you to like Open Athens or... Uh, another one of the online databases for journals, in which case you're going to need a journal login. Uh, you, If you go to a university, you likely have that. If you are part of an alumni network, you might have that, but uh, you can always just get your own subscription um, if if that's something you're interested in. JSTOR kind of deal? Or... Yeah, exactly. It's that, That's where you're going to find it. JSTOR, Open Athens, things like that. That was where I got a lot of this stuff. A few of the bigger... And they're not crazy expensive subscriptions. Like, they're less no, than Netflix, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I think they're a little bit less than Netflix, yeah. but you got to if you want to get the full scope, JSTOR is the one to go with, in my opinion. It has the most things. Makes sense. Especially if you're in the liberal arts. Uh, if you're not in the liberal arts, maybe not JSTOR. But if you're looking for history, literature, uh, you know, theology, JSTOR is awesome. Awesome database to have access to. That said, anyway, vampire, it doesn't really matter what the etymology is mm -hmm. of the term. It does, it's believed it goes back to uh, the old church Slavonic Opiti. Mm. which would be whatever the Slavic word was at the time for the people living in the Thessaloniki area. It's believed that that's what they based their Old Church Slavonic alphabet, their their written system on. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when they brought Old Church Slavonic, the, this is the early, the early Cyrillic alphabet. Yep. When they brought that over to the other Slavic people outside of the immediate vicinity um, of the Byzantine Empire, Obviously, it had to you know go through changes, and it not everything worked in every single Slavic language. So when, but now it's used for all of the Eastern Slavic languages, and I believe a, a bunch of the Southern Slavic. Whereas the Latin, the the uh, the Western Slavs like the Poles use the Latin alphabet, which is why if if you look at a Russian name in Russian, it's completely incomprehensible because you can't read Cyrillic. If you know Cyrillic, it's going to make more sense yeah. when you look at it, the pronunciation. Whereas if you look at a Polish name written in the Latin alphabet, you're like, that's, no, mm -mm. Also, Ireland, I, the Irish, mm -hmm. should not have used the Latin alphabet. Simply should not have done that. No. <laughs> no, it is it is near incomprehensible <laughs> as an Irish man. You why? don't need that many R's or that many I-G-H's or, like... Okay. Welsh? Listen, the, di the thing with <laughs> Welsh is... There's not additional letters in places they shouldn't be. There's letters that don't make the sound you anticipate they will, like W. There's also, like, 16-letter words that are just consonants. That's because W's a vowel. I was going to say in what language, but I guess that one. Welsh. <laughs> well, think about it. W. Two U's. Instead of U, 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 is it U? Yeah, oh, it's like an OO sound almost. Mm -hmm. uh, like, um, God, I'm trying to remember uh, the exact word for, uh, like, beer in Welsh is kuru. Kuru. And it's D-W-R-W. <laughs> I mean, I will say, at least it's not like Irish where there's a word that's spelled like, uh, for example, uh, the, the, the guy I was talking about earlier, Aberta? Yeah. How do you think his name's spelled? Okay, if I'm going to spell it phonetically... Aberta, A V E R T A, Aberta, A B H V E R T A C H. What were you on? Abertach is how that is spelled in the Latin alphabet. That is shocking. Yeah, so that's the other fun thing. If you're ever just, just do not woo me in this chat. <laughs>
they're in the chat. I'm talking about Irish and Welsh, and you're you know we're going at it here, and they're just like, ooh, like come on, guys. And now you've done it. Yeah, I know. They achieved their goal. I know. You know what? The... You gave it to them. I did give them the ooh ooh clip now, haven't I? You have. That's not good. I'm sure you've done it before. I probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I do it on YouTube a lot, actually. Or not YouTube, Twitch. A lot of people here don't know about the Oh, that's a good point. Let's yeah. not tell them. I know. A lot of them weren't here when I read the uh, the supernatural um, exorcism thing in the uwu voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did that on Twitch. I think it was during the 24-hour wow, stream. Wow, if you guys think we're unhinged now, you should have been here like a year and a half ago. You should have been here for the 24-hour stream when I was running on no sleep. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> By hour, like, 18, I was not doing good. Yeah, valid. <laughs> By hour 23, I was incoherent. Uh, <laughs> but you did it. Yeah. You achieved Oh, God, they're oo-ooing in the chat. Oh, no. Uh, it's definitely got to be worse than milk. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like milk has the... I mean, milk. Chalky milk. God, that's refreshing. Back when I was a freshman in college, for basically the entire year, I ate nothing but grilled chicken, vegetables, and chocolate milk. I lost 30 pounds. What 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 diet would you call that? Failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the... <laughs> oh lord i thought you were gonna say like the fifth grade diet but yeah uh oh god no no the fifth grade diet would have been like chicken nuggets and mac and cheese yeah the fifth grade diet is how i ended up overweight in the first place fair fair um, yeah. of course by the end of senior year i really wasn't overweight i just had horrible body dysmorphia uh, <laughs> that's right kings you too can have dys dysmorphia about your body yes uh, <laughs> that's it, not just for the ladies yep it is <laughs> you not. probably just won't notice it as quickly yeah, no, it's not going to be you thinking you're too big. It's that you're not big enough. Yeah, exactly. Why can't I? Why can I still fit through doorways? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. If you can fit through the doorway, you're okay. It's the other way around that's problematic usually. No. Anyway, trying to talk about vampires. How did we get here? The uwu. Oh, right, the uwu. Yep. All right. <clears throat> anyway, vampires. Umbrella term. Old Church Slavonic is where we get the term. Probably comes from Opiri. The, the the Turks were like, well, our word for witch is Uber. And everybody else was like, that's cool. Nothing to do with this. How do you Moving spell on. it? Like U-B-E-R. Is that or Upir or something like that? No, no, no. I'm just thinking potential conspiracy. Oh, my God. Just, uh, to, just to stir the pot. Yeah. But so, so the terminology seems to come through us through Slavic. Of course, quick crash course on the Slavs. Leading theory for a very long time has been that they were an ethnic group within either uh, Gotland, which is an island in the Baltic, okay. or somewhere in Sweden, or in Swedish territory, that they were a different ethnic group, but that they were enslaved a long time ago by a group of Swedes or uh, Balts or Finns, and that they eventually, probably Swedes, and then they would have made their way down into Russia to escape and start their own, you know, country. Yep. Uh, that that has kind of gone to the wayside. Okay. As as an idea, it's it's being pushed to the side. Um, now it's seen as more likely that they were native to the area that is now Belarus, Poland, and Ukraine, and that they spread out from there. Yeah, that and, makes more sense. Yeah, and so they're they're part of the uh, Bal uh, Slavic language group, I believe, which okay. is Indo-European. Um, they, of course, considering that Balto-Slavic is that far to the east, they were either the earliest migration or a very late migration of the Omnia, mm -hmm. uh, the Indo-Europeans. So they're, they're down there just vibing in kind of, you know, these dark, cold forests. 
And then this really fun thing happens where a whole bunch of horse people come across the Sarmatian steppe and drive basically everybody west into Germany. The Germans go, hey, well, this isn't cool. And they move west and south. And then you end up with German people in Africa starting the Vandalic Kingdom. That was uh, where Carthage is today. Interesting. Or where Carthage was and where uh, Tunisia is today. Hmm. Yeah, that was German at one point. History's wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put it this way, the the Phoenicians displaced whoever was native mm -hmm. to what is now the that northern... And remind us who the Phoenicians are again? The Phoenicians are uh, the basically the surviving Canaanites after the Bronze Age collapse. Okay, and they started where? Basically Syria. Okay. Syria and Israel, the Levant. Okay. So that's the, that's the Phoenicians. They move over, well, some of them move over to Carthage and Libya, that area. The Romans get really sick of Carthage's shit. Go get rid of Carthage. They're there for a little while. And then a bunch of Germans who are in, like, Central Europe at the beginning of everything. The Huns come in and they drive everybody west. So the Vandals end up in a weird situation where, where they're in Spain, but so are the Visigoths. Who are? Also German. <laughs> um, the Visigoths start working for the Romans and the Visigoths push the Vandals back to the very edge of Spain, then the Vandals get kind of sick of that, and then they take part of Spain from the Visigoths, they fight for a little bit, the Vandals get sick of Spain, they move south, across North Africa, take back what is now Carthage, then a guy named Belisarius comes in, and he's Roman, and kicks the Vandals back out of Africa, retakes Africa for Rome, and then Africa gets retaken again by the Muslims. For those of you who thought colonization was simply a 18th century, or more, what, like 15th, 16th century thing... 1617 read a little further back <laughs> the, the 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 history of the mediterranean is is quite a time yeah that's aggressive it's basically just people colonizing and then colonizing the colonies which later get colonized by other colonies it is just perpetual colonization yes this is what i always tell people when they look at the 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 colonial age and they're in some way stunned by the what they see as you know this this brutality by by the white man mm -hmm. you got to understand we were doing that to ourselves for a really long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta understand like that's that was not new yeah <laughs> the romans had the same gods as the greeks mm -hmm. and looked at the greeks and went nah you guys are you guys suck and you're really <laughs> gay and then the celts were like aren't you gay too and the romans were like in a different way it's it's cool huh <laughs> I'm not kidding. The you, Romans you looked, clarify, I, I'm exactly not kidding. The Romans looked down on the Greeks for practicing homosexuality. Mm -hmm. But the Romans were also practicing homosexuality. Yeah. And the Celts were looking at both of them going, what is happening? <laughs> as far as we know, we don't know we don't think the Celts had like the same acceptance of that. Yeah. That uh that, that the Romans and Greeks did. So, if you so look, Romans and Greeks were quite progressive. The Romans and Greeks had almost identical culture at some points, and the Romans still looked at the Greeks and went, no, you guys are lesser than us. They Even, even when they acknowledged things the Greeks were better than them at, mm -hmm. they still were like, but that's all you've got. <laughs> it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious system series of events. It's also interesting how, like, that far back history repeats itself oh yeah like the amount of things that are relevant to now that are happening in what you're describing there. oh if you look at uh like greece and rome you can see a lot of england and america mm. like there, there's a ton of and, and think about it today what do we look at the british and do Nah, you guys suck 
I'm like you don't do anything as well as we do and then they'll do like one or two things better and we're like yeah but you still suck yeah so <laughs> they're greece we're rome they're like we did it first and we're like we did it better that is basically greece and rome yeah that's <laughs> um, funny you know they, they came up with all of the the liberty ideas that then led to america being founded mm. and america's like we're better at liberty than you that's if you look at the early philosophical arguments between the two, that's literally what it is. Is the British are like, well, we invented it, and the Americans are like, eh, we're better at it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, this is this this sure is not. Um, this is not vampires. vampires. Actually, wait, no, it is. We're back at Greece. Oh yeah. Okay, we needed to get here because what I was gonna say is the whole vampire thing. That's an umbrella term, but if you want to look back really far to see some vampires and what really took me for a ride on this t this topic was that I was finding everything seems to go back to Greece because the Greeks had the impuse. Now, granted, there's of course vampires that go further back than that, and they're not true vampires. They're things that drain you of something, like the uh, the the mordoi that you eventually get with the Slavs that is similar to the Strigoi, that is a being that siphons your energy. Hmm. And of course, there's your, your more standard blood-sucking type vampires, and then you've got the succubus, which does something else. Um, you've got demons that suck blood going back to Babylonian mythology, back to Sumerian mythology. And describe, for those who are not familiar with those timelines, when in history those two are? Yeah, so basically the oldest recorded accounts of something that you could consider vampirism go back to like 2000 BC? And how does that correlate to civilization? And and to keep in mind that that then uh, that means they were there earlier in the folklore of the culture, and yes. it just got written down eventually. Yes. So we're we're probably looking at like thirty five hundred BC that you start to see the first like depictions of vampires. Um, and for for that time period, what was happening with civilization? Oh, with civilization, world? it was just starting, as far as we know. Um, that's fertile crescent. Or restarting. Tigers that's fertile crescent. That's, that's Sumer. Yep. Yep. That is the stuff you learned about the dawn of civilization in middle school and high school. That's what we're talking about. Vampires have been here the whole time. And what? if there were vampires there the whole time, keep in mind the Slavs were a nomadic people without a writing system. They had vampires. When was the Steel of Hammurabi? That would have been the 1800s BC, I want to say. Wasn't that the first, like, written story, though? No, you're thinking of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Uh, Hammurabi, Gilgamesh Hammurabi's yeah. Code is the right. first written legal system yes. that we have. I am thinking about the Epic yeah. of Gilgamesh. When was that? That is around... It, it starts to be written... The We have excerpts dating back to, I think, 2100 BC. Okay. We have the complete version, I think, dating to 1200 BC. So we have portions of the first written story only a hundred years prior. The first written story, yep, only a hundred years prior to. Well, that's the thing. Recording you have, vampires. You have like blood sucking beings in those stories. Really? Yeah. Not necessarily Gilgamesh specifically. Yeah. But the mythology that was being written at the same time as Gilgamesh. But point yeah. being is that the first story is around the same time you're getting stories of vampires. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, vampires seem to have been around for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, but of course, early on, they're they're kind of varied. They're demons who come to you and they suck your blood, um, or they suck out your life force, or again, other things like the succubus. Um, so you start to see the you start to see them appearing in a more fleshed out form. With, uh, you know, one, one good example is the ancient group Greek Empuse, mm -hmm. which Empusa being the, the singular, 
The Impuse were female appearing. They were servants, it's believed, of Hecate, the goddess. And who is Hecate? Ah, just one of the older Greek goddesses. I can't remember so it's exactly. Greek. Yeah, I can't remember precisely uh, what she's about. So good. But um, yeah, Greek mythology beyond like the the basics is not. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's close enough. That'll work. Um, magic, witchcraft, the night, moons, ghosts, and necromancy. Yes, well, that's that makes fitting. sense. Um, so yeah, so they're servants of Hecate. They are, they, they appear as beautiful young women. Mm-hmm. And then what they will do is they will seduce a man. And then once, you know, once he's no longer a threat, they will either drink his blood or consume him entirely. There's a lot of different creatures that are just attractive women trying to lure men to their deaths in ancient or like pre-historical slash early history. And it's mythology. universal. <laughs> it is. You get that from the British Isles over to China. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> you you got to wonder if they were trying to, like, this is a metaphor of some sort for them. <laughs> well, you got to wonder why. That's the real question. They probably just felt like they didn't like women that much. Are you telling me that the writers of Greek mythology were incels? I'm telling you that the people who were writing these stories Mm. are the same people who basically married women for the sole purpose of reproduction and chose instead to hook up with their 15 year old students. Oh yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Also for example, one of the plays that the Impuse appear in Lysistrata by Aristophanes Mm -hmm. um, is a, a story about women um, withholding a certain activity from their husbands in the hopes that they will end the Peloponnesian war as a result. Which is ironic, because we're talking about Greece, of all places. Fair. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but they appear, as the, you know, they, they appear again in later works, like there's a, uh, an Eastern Roman work called The Life of Apollonius of Tyana. And Apollonius of Tyana was kind of a response work to the growing Christian movement, because if you look at Apollonius, there was an exercise my, uh, one of my professors did with us in college where... He would read us a uh, story about Apollonius, and he would read us a story about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not in the original, not not the original, you know, documentation, but somebody basically went and took a story from the Bible and wrote it in prose, mm-hmm. and then a story about Apollonius and wrote it in prose. And then he was like, he would read one, and he'd ask us which it was about. Mm. We could not tell. Nine times out of ten. Yeah, it makes sense. The, the entire class. And who was Apollonius, to give context? Uh, he was a Neo-Pythagorean philosopher. Greek? Yeah. Okay. Well, Greco-Roman. He was okay. Eastern Roman. Got it. Um, okay. I was going to say, with Pythagoras yeah. there... Well, that's, of course, you know... So here's the thing. The actual Apollonius of Tyana was a Neo-Pythagorean philosopher. The Apollonius of Tyana in Philostratus the Elder's work is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I look at this, and I'm, I'm not saying... Christ is Apollonius, is that Apollonius of Tyana, the the work that records all of his miracles like that, that was written in the late 2nd century, early 3rd century uh, AD, whereas the Bible, the books of the Bible were written in the 1st century AD, and they were, in the end, compiled, uh, finally, in I think 385, or 390, Um, the exact date's escaping me, but yeah, so not, not quite... You see what they were doing. The, yes. Roman, the Romans were like, okay, what we usually do with religion is we just tell them, okay, worship your gods, but also worship our gods. 
or at least like be chill with our gods and then we'll leave you alone but the problem here is the the christians are refusing to do both um they're only worshiping their god so we got to make their god one of our gods mm. it's kind of how they yeah they, makes sense they did that little sounds like a very roman thing to do a very roman thing to do yeah it did not work sounds like a very roman thing to happen yeah <laughs> um so going back to the vampire lore the greeks eventually end up with something called the vracolikos okay now is the vracolikos original to greece or is it that they took the vracolak of the bulgarians and adopted it it's hard to say because we really don't know <laughs> um, the two stories seem to kind of sprout up around the same time and the vracolikos has some some differences from the vracolak which is more like a werewolf Whereas the Vrykolikos is more of a revenant, and if you don't know what a revenant is, that is a type of monster that it's it's undead. It is someone who has risen from the grave, but they are typically not. Uh, they're not like zombies. They're not rotting off their flesh. In fact, they will remain preserved, but they will eat and eat and grow their stomachs and get distended as a result. Um, oh, fun! Yeah, and you can become a revenant for a number of a, a number of the same ways that you could theoretically become a vampire. For example, uh, revenants can be created by being buried outside of a church ground. You can become a revenant because you lived a sinful life. You can become a revenant because you were a really bad person. Um, Combine all those three, well, yeah. you're guaranteed. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways to become a revenant. Um, none of them are good. Nah. Later on, revenants are creatures who, they were bad people in life and they come back to right their wrongs. But that's that seems to be a much later addition mm. uh, to the, the mythology like the 17th, 18th centuries, whereas you see a lot of Revenant stuff in like the 12th and 13th. Got it. Um, that has them as these these more rising from the grave and going on to cause chaos. What they do, and what the Vrykolikos also does, um, and this is why I think that the Vrykolikos probably predates its name. It probably had a different name beforehand. How By how much do you think? I don't know exactly, but if we're looking at like 1196 that you're starting to see stories of the Revenant in England then you're you're probably thinking high middle ages and then which you, is what time frame uh 1066 to the end of the 30 years war okay which is or not 30 years war the end of the 100 years war uh the early 1400s okay yeah um that's yeah late middle ages can be anything from like 1350 onwards but, but I, I'll, I'll say this high middle age is the best way to probably put it is 1066 to the end of uh the black plague in the 1300s okay like the 1350s probably the beginning of the hundred years war sorry um but yes so the revenant and the vrykolikos very similar vrykolikos has a few more specifics to it as revenant is more of a classification and vrykolikos would be under the classification of revenant mm -hmm. revenants um can only be killed by being beheaded uh you you want to like destroy the body as much as possible you want to bury it in the ground um one of those famous revenants is avrata from Ireland, who was, uh, the, he's, he's written about as if he was a dwarf, interestingly enough. Weird. Um, I'm not sure that that's, that, that dwarf necessarily means the same thing from back then. I'm wondering if this is from back when dwarf meant something different. Then, is, is there any indication of what it might have meant back then? Well, considering the Hiberno-Norse connections, I'm wondering if they were talking more about a Norse-style dwarf. Which is? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Uh, more like Tolkien's dwarves. For those not entirely familiar okay. with that. Um, <laughs> made out of the earth itself. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. they're, they're underground dwelling creatures. They're made out of stone that has been breathed to life. It's a whole thing. It's been a while since I watched the movies and I never read the books. Was that ever touched on? It's referenced. Okay, so that's like one of those things, like if you look at your phone... Oh, so Tolkien, Tolkien took some liberties with the original Norse folklore. Got it. Um, so he, he did his own thing with some of it. But Avatar, his story, is that he is a tyrant. He's He rules over the area of Londonderry, and he's just the worst. He's a magician. And when he dies... He's, he's slain by another chieftain. Uh, in in one of the early recorded versions, it is Finn McCool, which is a legendary Irish chieftain from you know prehistory who fights the Fomorians and stuff like that. Um, it, it's uncertain if he was actually the original chieftain in the story. It's kind of been that he does fight a guy named Avertar, mm -hmm. but it's spelled differently and it might not be the same Avertar. There's circumstances. Avertar's a Fomorian in that case. Maybe Fomorian ended up being dwarf somehow, but what we do know about Avertai in the, the later Irish tradition is that he's slain, he rises from the dead, keeps terrorizing people. He's slain again, rises from the dead, keeps terrorizing people. They buried him standing up both times for some reason. I'm not sure why that was the thing, but ancient Ireland. It's not like they had the Christian concept of burial at six feet under yet. Sure. Um, the third time, he goes and he consults a druid, and he's like, hey, I keep killing this guy, and this guy keeps coming back. And here's how that we know that it's a pre-Christian story because of druids. Um, how, do, how does that indicate that it's a pre-Christian story? Uh, because after around 600 AD, there are no druids. Remind me what a druid is. Uh, everybody thinks that they were a priestly class. This is because some guy named... Um, look up who the founder of Wicca was. It's escaping. It's like Gerald something. Um, that guy decided that he was super, super smart. And knew, uh, Gerald Gardner. Yeah, that guy. Um... Dude who knew absolutely nothing about anything he thought he knew anything about. Um, Seems like there's a lot of that. In there's a lot of that. Cover. Well, considering he was a cult leader. Ah. Yeah. Um, that's Would the you guy like who... to become a cult leader? Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy <laughs> that you could fill. That's basically what he said. Yeah. Um, and he took all of these, you know, pagan or old Celtic symbols and things that even academics hadn't yet pretended to understand. Yeah. In fact, we still don't. For the most part, we know that they had the god Carnunos. And remind me who Carnunos is. That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> we know very little about him, but he seems to have been rather important. Um, like we know a lot more about some, like Epana, who seems to be to have been the goddess of horses. Um, there, there's a few other things about her. I don't know a ton about Celtic mythology. It's it, there's there's so much like that we don't know. All I know is that we're named after a character within it. That's true. Um, but yeah, so. The guy who founded Wicca uh, basically was like, ah, yes, Druids were the ancient priests. And it's like, yeah, yeah, there were Druids who were priests, but there were also Druids who were doctors and Druids who were lawyers. And So were Druids specifically Celtic or where was Druids they? were specifically Celtic, but okay. they were more of a professional class Got it. than they were any sort of, um, they, they, they were not magicians. Kind of like the Banshee. Yeah, you, you could think of them like, like shamans as well as doctors. Or no, not Banshee. What am I thinking of? I'm uh, thinking of the... The, the actual profession. Keening? Yes, that's yeah. it. The yeah, exactly. It's, they had an actual role that was then developed further by people later on. 
Um, the uh, words not coming to me right now. Um, what was I saying before? Oh yeah, uh, druids. Pre-Christian. That's basically the the gist here. Yes. Pre-Christian and not exclusively priests. Think of them as like the professional class. I think we might have ADHD. Yeah. Not. They're not the warrior class. They're not the artisan class. They're not commoners. There's got to be something left in there. They're their own. It's thing. the professional class. Yeah. That's what they are. Um, you know, if you want to put druid after your name instead of esquire as a lawyer, go for it. Um, that's I would support that. Patrick gets rid of those guys. Then you've got Christianity. So if... And by Patrick, you mean St. Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Yes. If you mean... And of course, that's vastly, vastly simplifying it. Yeah, I figure so. <laughs> but, um, but if you take a look at that and you see that the chieftain went and spoke to a druid, okay, this is clearly a pre-Christian story, which means... Yeah. And there's modern versions which Christianize it, but it originally was most likely a pagan story. Hmm. And it, it wasn't even necessarily a, a pagan story so much as it was a story. Hmm. about a, a legendary irish hero yeah uh third day third time uh chieftain slays him buries him upside down he doesn't come back and this is a running theme with revenants is something about the burial typically is what keeps them from coming back of course something that that might be that you behead them and burn their body but there's other stuff like staking it literally driving a stake through whatever is in the ground and this is what the Greeks started doing. They would stake someone in with either metal or wooden stakes. They would nail the coffin with extra nails and do and often bury the person upside down to do everything. Po and, and during World War II, when they couldn't bury them in church grounds and everybody was going to mass graves a lot of the time because there was famine and sickness and war. Uh, during that period, a lot of people just beheaded their deceased loved ones. Because it was seen as more of a kindness than allowing them to come back as a Rikolikas. I mean, when you think it's a good thing. Yeah, that was the idea, was they were trying to do the right thing. And trying to keep their, their loved ones from horrible undeath. At least they were already dead. Yeah, exactly. They cut the heads off of other dead people. Um, this kind of, that, that stake thing, though. That mm -hmm. stake through the heart. Also, uh, in, in during Ottoman times, uh, they started using uh, seven and a half inch long iron spikes mm -hmm. that would go through the hands, the head, the pelvis, and sometimes the feet. Or no, the hand, the head, the pelvis, the feet, and sometimes the hands. They were taking no chances. I was gonna say I appreciate the redundancy. Yeah. Like. Or it might be the neck sometimes. Depending. Talk about overbuilding. Yeah. Uh, somebody just asked, does North Norse mythology have a concept of vampires? I don't know about vampires specifically, but in my research, it just so happens that a precursor to the Revenant might have been the Draugr. Which is? Norse. And what is the Norse Draugr? Oh, yeah, you didn't play Skyrim. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Draugr are in, in the, the Old Norse sense. Of course, a lot of this comes from Icelandic sagas written during the higher late Middle Ages. But the idea was that it was a corpse that was inhabited by the undead spirit of its own owner so you you die you re-inhabit your own body and you become fiercely territorial over the the place your body is buried or sometimes just a place that was important to you uh necromancy could get involved uh, that's a really cool concept for a thing but my only question is if the physical body is re-inhabited and that body's out in the world why is it so territorial about where the body is no longer? Do I look like a drogger to you? 
Could I? I don't know how to explain that. You're a researcher. You might have found it I somewhere. I didn't look into that. Well, I got to write down Robert <laughs> for us to do a video on. Jeez. <laughs> yes, I actually do listen to Amaranthi. Um, Archie is with his grandparents tonight. Uh, he's he's keeping his his older sister company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Draugr get involved, and that might be the origin of the Anglo uh, the Anglo-Saxon Revenant, because of course the Norse and the Anglo-Saxons are extremely similar. Little thing that not many people know, you know, the, the Angles were in fact from Denmark. <laughs> yeah, the earliest English were not from entirely from Germany. Some of them were were in fact Norse. Hmm. Uh, the Jutes who came down to Kent were in fact from uh, I think Norway. The who? The, the Jutes. It's probably the Utes. Um, but we, oh right, yeah, yes, we covered them before. No, we've covered the Ute. Oh, and the Jotnar. And the Jotnar. Uh -huh. Not in its own video. Yeah. So. As you can see, there's quite a lot of steps to this, and it took me a while to compile it. Um, but yeah, Draugr possibly lead to Revenant. Revenant possibly leads to Vrykolikos. Vrykolikos possibly ties into Strigoi, and then we get Vampire. Well, I know Strigoi from The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, th that one's not quite I know. I figured accurate. it wasn't accurate at all. <laughs> I figured it was about as accurate as Supernatural was. Well, the Supernatural one is the Striga, which is an Albanian one. Which is different than the Strigoi. I love language so Wait, much. Isn't Striga in? I feel like they have the Striga and the Strigor or the Strigoi. I don't remember there the being Witcher. a Strigoi in Supernatural. No, no, no. The Witcher. The Witcher? Uh, or is it a Striga? I think it's a Striga in the first season. Yeah. I don't know if there's a Strigoi in the second season. Could be wrong. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be shocked considering it's all Slavic, but true. Uh, the thing with the, the Striga and the Strigoi, the reason that they have such similar names is because they come from the Latin Striga, which is a term for witch, or possibly a blood-sucking bird, which it was probably an owl based on the description, but they kind of described it as an owl with bat's wings. Um, Maybe it was just a bat. I think they mixed up two things. Makes sense. Yeah. Because owls don't suck blood. But they do refer to owls at, well, neither do most bats. <laughs> but they do refer to this thing as hanging upside down from trees but they also and having bats wings but they also refer to it as having fixed eyes being very large and uh having talons so it sounds like they mixed up an owl and a bat yeah it sounds like an admixture of an amalgam of the two so that's that's the term that gets co-opted into romanian as strigoi romanians are neither roman nor slavic but were heavily influenced by both cultures they speak a romance language. <laughs> Slavic culture, romance language. Just slap it all together, why don't you? <laughs> um, and they're different from the Romani. The Ooh. Romani live in Romania. Mm -hmm. A large number of them. Yeah. But the Romani are an Indo-Aryan group from northern India. Define, who migrated. And define Aryan for people in this context. I said Indo-European. You said... Did I say Indo-Aryan? Yeah. Did I really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the terms mean the same thing. That's important to know. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, when the term first came into use in a uh, an ethnological context, um, an ethnographical context, Aryan meant Indo-European. Hmm. The the two terms were interchangeable at first. Uh, obviously, one of those terms is still in scientific and historical use, and the other term has been associated with a certain mean mustache man. Yes. Um. We don't like mustache, man. Yeah, but so technically saying Indo-Aryan is 
is accurate. I mix up the two terms sometimes. Fair. Because you're um, a historian. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, the term Iranian comes from Aryan. Really? Iranians are, are Indo-Europeans. Yeah, what what technically classifies as Indo-European? So many things. <laughs> yeah. Ironically enough, maybe not the Celts. We're still not sure on that one. Shocking there's a, there's a second theory. The okay, so okay, <laughs> okay. It's three thousand BC. Yes, set the stage. There's a bunch of people in Europe. Yes, they're not European. If they're not, then who is the people in the Eurasian steppe? So everyone's just moving. So basically, around. you know where uh, where Crimea is? Yes, go a little bit north of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where the Europeans are. Is that the people in Europe been? are not European? Were the Europeans who the are the people in that we know area? today as European are not are, are currently not in Europe in 3000 BC. The people in Europe, we don't know much about them, but we don't consider them Europeans. Interesting. Oh, so we're talking European in terms of they eventually became the Europeans. people who are now known as European. Yes, started. We believe originated in the area around the Pontocaspian steppe. Got it. Around 3000 BC, uh. Is it around 3,000? I think it might be later, but I think it's around 3,000 BC. They start migrating west. Some of them, not all of them. Some of them actually go south. Uh, some of them go southwest. Some of them go east. A, lo- a whole bunch of them go west. And they form what we know today as the Indo-Europeans. Hmm. From there, they break out. And we get the uh, the Celtic. Later on, the Norse and the Germans are a lot more distinct. But basically, you get Celtic, German, Balkan are the big ones um and italic no sorry not italic italic are already there italic people are some of the only ones that we know anything about by the way and the italics are where do you think the italic i'm assuming are? it's italy but yes. i just wanted to make sure <laughs> you're talking about like the uh the sam knights the etruscans um mm. the broody eye like these these little to be fair tribes. the europeans did not originate in europe they originated yeah, that's so fair. i've confused you thoroughly at this yes. point i suppose yeah so if you're gonna be safe then yeah. sorry so they move in. Uh, the Greeks are Indo-European as well. Mm-hmm. I forgot about them. They are an independent branch of the Indo-European language family. Interesting. Um, eventually, everything breaks out more. Now, the Celts. The Celts we're not so sure about because it's possible that some of the stuff we have identified with the Indo-European Celts was already there. And that the original Celtic language may have, the, the proto-Celtic language may have developed on the Atlantic coast and then come into contact with the Indo-European languages. When you say the Atlantic coast... Uh, everywhere from Western Iberia up through... Got it. France, so, Brittany and... modern Portugal, France... Yeah, mar- modern Portugal, Western France, and the British Isles. Got it. Again, these are two theories. The latter seems to be gaining traction, but it has not displaced the consensus, Got it. the former. Um, it's. It, I would not be shocked if it's a mixture of the two. The Balkans, the original Balkan people, mm-hmm. get overrun by the Slavs. We're talking about like the Dacians, uh, the Odrisians. They actually get overrun by the Celts first. The Celts did a really funny thing around 300 BC where they were like, hey, this is a lot of land. What if we were on all of it? And then they did that. So they did what Europe or uh, England did. And, yeah. you know. The... Yes. I completely forget how we got here. Oh, right. Indo-European yes. language. Yeah. So... Um, Slavic is an Indo-European language. Latin is an Indo-European language. Um, Greek is an Indo-European language. Latin's weird. Sorry, Latin's not an Indo-European language. I don't know why I said that. Is Latin an Indo... 
Latin's weird. That's Why? what I remember about Latin. Um, I think Latin's not Indo-European. I know Etruscan isn't. Maybe Latin is and Etruscan isn't, is what I'm thinking. I think that's what I'm thinking. Um, also, the origin of the Romans is a whole other thing, because um, they might have been people from Troy. Oh? They also might have been Greeks. That checks out. Not as much as you'd think. Really? Yeah, because they really didn't like the Greeks even early on. By the time the people we recognize as Greek got to Italy, the people in Italy did not like them. To be fair, look at what happened between England and the Americas. Oh. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, anyway, the language ends up getting over there. Um, and, oh, right, we were here because of Aryan. That's yes. how we got here. Yes, because we needed to clarify what yes. it actually means contextually in history. Yes, so Romanians, not Roman, not Slavic, speak a Romance language and have Slavic culture and are different from Romani. Um, all of these people are Indo-European. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's really funny that Hitler was like the Aryan race and it's like, that's literally all of us, dude. Yeah, it's literally everybody. <laughs> that is everybody except the Jews. <laughs> Which in and of itself should have been a hint that it's like, hey, this guy's not doing something right. <laughs> Also, by the way, Semitic as a as a term also refers to language, and it's referring to the Jews and the Arabs. Um, I think possibly also the not the Egyptians, the Jews and the Arabs hmm. are Semitic, and the Canaanites would have also been Semitic, the Phoenicians. Interesting. Oh yeah, that's right. So Carthage was Semitic. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Why is it Semitic? That's just the term for the language group. Got it. Okay. I don't know why that's the term. I haven't dug that deep into it. Fair enough. Um, there's, there's a whole lot going on in prehistory. It seems so. R right before everybody starts writing stuff down and killing each other, a whole lot of stuff happens. Um, <laughs> they were killing each other, just not writing it down. That's true. They probably were doing that as well. <laughs> um, anyway, Strigoi, this is the guy that eventually becomes the vampire, mm -hmm. is some subclassification of the Slavic umbrella of vampires in Romania. And how does it get there? Well, in the 1600s, it starts out with a guy named Jor Grando. Obviously, he's not the first Trigoy, but he's the first recorded one we have. And you'll see some comparisons to the Vrakolikos that are why it's involved in this story. Because mm -hmm. it's likely that a lot of the Vrakolikos aspect from Greece, maybe like those in Pusa and, and things like that, mm -hmm. ended up in the Strigoy lore. Yeah. Um, these guys are... Uh, Jor Grando, at first not he's just a dude he's a stonemason he dies and then he comes back from the grave every night for 16 years and terrorizes the village he's from a little village called uh it was like it was, it was like kraniga or something i have it in my notes somewhere it's it's something along those lines in istria mm -hmm. which is now part of three different countries uh i think it was um slovakia italy and croatia might have been slovenia i'm not sure where slovenia is um oh also i found out while researching that not only are there serbs but there's also sorbs which just made me laugh what are sorbs there's <laughs> there are other slavs who ended up somewhere else who was naming these groups slavs i mean even like the indo-european well except for groupings. the slavic country that has a completely italian name right there montenegro <laughs> i just forget that that's a country that exists 
I like that North Macedonia is the only Macedonia, but the Greeks were like, you can't call yourselves Macedonia. <laughs> Partially because a lot of what was Macedonia is not in North Macedonia. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I just think that's really funny. It is. Um, and the amount of Balkan nationalism is incredible. Yeah. Balkans are some of the most nationalist people I've ever met. And you're like, really? The Balkans? <laughs> I mean, hey, it explains a lot. Also, other fun fact, uh, Otto von Bismarck, I believe it was, said uh, that if war were to ever come to Europe again, this was after the Franco-Prussian Wars mm -hmm. um, in, in the late 1800s, he said if war is ever to come to Europe again, it'll probably come out of some damn silly thing in the Balkans. You know what the next war, Europe, major European war was? What was it? World War One. Ah. And what did it come out of? A Serbian guy shot an Austrian dude. <laughs> the Balkans. The Balkans. Classic. So, George Rando li dies in uh, 1656, spends 16 years terrorizing not only the village, but also his family. He would break into his own home and stare at his wife with a wide grinning smile on his perfectly preserved corpse and then do bad things. Yes. Well, that's... It's okay, shocking. this guy named Giorgio was a priest, and Giorgio was like, I'm, I'll handle this. Mm -hmm. uh, so, he, he he's noticed something's wrong, you know? As you might. People are like, hey... Uh, Somebody knocked on my door the other night, and there was nobody there. That was kind of weird. Maybe like, oh, that's strange. And then you go to talk to that person next week, and they were dead. Oh. This, I guess, happened a few times. Um, and he was like, hmm, something's afoot. So he finds he finds Grando while he's out for one of his night prowls. I haven't actually, I, I've only read the summary of this. I will be getting the book. I just didn't have time to trudge through a book written in 1689 for this. Fair. Especially in a different language that I was probably going to have to get a translated copy. Yeah. I couldn't find one on short notice, so by the time I got to this stage of the research, I was like, all right, this isn't going to be here by Friday. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so, Grando is confronted by Father Giorgio. Giorgio holds up a, a cross and goes, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Get. <laughs> and, and, and Grando's like, ah, and runs away. Mm. And he's chased by a bunch of the bravest men in the village. And Father Giorgio goes, I don't, actually, it might not be Father Giorgio that stabs him the first time. I don't think it is. Somebody else from the village is like, have at ye with a stake. And it just bounces off. And everybody's like, oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, sometime <laughs> later, some days later. Saul would not be pleased. No. <laughs> Some days later, they go and they uh, they, they dig up Grando because mm -hmm. I guess he buries himself again every night. There are a few a few bits of this story that I'm not quite clear on. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm interested to read the, the full account. As am I. Uh, we, we might have to do a, a video just on this story or at least like a short of some sort. Yeah, um, it could be fun. We could do a short on it easily, actually. True. Uh, that's what we start doing with the shorts is the stuff that doesn't make a full video. Yeah, true. Um, so... They dig up Grando's body, mm -hmm. and the priest says a blessing, stabs him. It bounces off again. Mm -hmm. So the priest's like, all right, I got this. He performs an exorcism. And then they don't even try to stab him. They just saw his head off. Uh, so at which, at which point, when they go to saw his head off, uh, blood starts erupting from his neck. He screams. He lets out a groan, like, you know. Which, of course, if, if you were to dig up a recently deceased corpse and saw through its neck, it would make a groaning sound and bleed. But... This is the thing is this was 16 years later, apparently. And allegedly they dug up a perfectly preserved corpse and it still bled when they cut its head off. Interesting. Yeah. And then they, they bury it back down, face down. And when was like embalming becoming a 
normal practice? I have no idea. Okay. Sounds like something Becca would know about for some reason. That's a good point. <laughs> I'll ask her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh so so that's the, the first the first written account of us three boy. And then you get to uh another account of Strigoi in, I think, 1715 by a Moldavian guy named uh, Dmitri Kantemir. And he says that he knows of them more as a Transylvanian and Moldavian thing, and in their culture, they're more just witches. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, Strigoi can be like uh, undead witches, hmm. is the idea. Um, I thought that was in my notes. Maybe I accidentally took it out and didn't put it back in. Hmm. Huh. Eh, well, um... <laughs> There's various classifications of this, but the Strigoi can be either, can be either living or dead in mm -hmm. some of the mythology. More often than not, they appear to be dead. They also don't drink your blood. They they suffocate you by sitting on top of you. There's sort of a sleep paralysis demon aspect to this, mm -hmm. and then they eat you. And if you die in the way that it knocks on your door, and then you die sometime later, uh, the way that it works is. Um, it's funny they say that because you guys are getting a King Arthur video on History Hut next month. Um, I started working on it already. Um, if you haven't done it before, check out History yeah, Hut. Yeah, please watch the video that is on the History Hut channel so we can get it monetized so we can live stream because we are planning to have a really cool podcast with Stakuyi and History Daddy and some other people. Like, we're going to bring in a rotating cast of, of historians and content creators from around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but we need to get 4,000 hours of watch time and 1,000 subscribers. We have the 1,000 subscribers, but if all of you were to go watch the video, it would really help. Yep. So we're, we're planning on, on putting more videos up there, so that way yeah. it'll help with that, and also just as monthly content there. But the main idea for that channel is going to be the live stream. Yeah, the podcast is going to be a, a, a big piece of that. I'm going to try really hard. With Remembering it. that that's how many people we're going to have on there is going to just slightly change which uh which camera thing I'm going to get. I'm I, just remembering that now. I mean, there's not going to be in studio. No, I know. Uh, okay. It'll affect that as well. I'm not sure what you're thinking. Um so, Strigoi eventually gets more fleshed out. There's more details added. You can see those in Friday's video. Um I need to give you something to make you watch Friday's video. I actually <laughs> have left out quite a bit of this video. And obviously that's more focused. <laughs> um, Shocking. Yeah. By 1887, the there's a French guy, uh, Jacques Recluse, or mm -hmm. probably Jacques Recluse, um, who, Jacques who writes about the Strigoi in a, a, a bit about Romanian burial practices. And he writes that sometimes they'll behead it or put it upside down or drive a stake through it. And he's like, that's really strange behavior. Yeah. Why do they do this? Well, they think that it will come back as a, uh, a a person with an elongated spine in the form of a hairy tail and a bald head that likes to roam around the countryside causing plagues and eating people. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's, uh, there's the question of how we get the blood sucking. Yes. You got to remember that the vampire as we know it is English. It's an English legend written by Bram Stoker. Mm -hmm. Dracula is a, a, an English piece of fiction about a Romanian guy. Which came out when? 1897. Relatively recent, though. Relatively recently. Dracula is the first time I've seen a vampire that specifically drinks blood. A, a Strigoi that specifically drinks blood. Interesting. 
There are other vampire things that drink blood, but they don't match with the Dracula term, the, the Dracula stuff, you know? Uh, there is one called a Siskoi, but the fact, and that one drinks blood and it's a living vampire, but the fact that in 2023, I could find no information about the thing leads me to believe that Bram Stoker also probably could not find much information about the thing in 1897. Mm, yeah, makes um, sense. If I have the entire internet and can't find information, what's the likelihood he could? Um, maybe he did. But the Strigoi is kind of what it's been... That is where the, the scholarship is right now, is that the Strigoi is probably the thing that influenced most of the vampire mythology. Yeah, and that, at least modern. Yeah, and that it, it probably had influences from outside, but that's the one that Bram Stoker took. Uh, now, originally, um, I believe he was calling it, no, somebody else called it a Nosferatu, mm. um, which of course became the name of a vampire. Yeah. That would be like us calling vampires Draculas, mm. which might actually be a more apt thing. I completely skipped over the part where Vlad the Impaler exists. Uh, yeah, I was wondering. That, that'll, be in that the, that'll be in the Friday video. Basic version, Romanian, or Wallachian, uh, Duke really liked to impale people. There's more to it. In fact, the story is very funny, so if you, you should go watch it, but like it'll That's be on Friday, Friday. video. Um completely forgot about Vlad. Uh we're doing I actually thing. could probably do a history hut video on Vlad at this point with all the information I have. And speaking of history hut, uh are we we got the question which video or which place are we doing the King Arthur video? Is it gonna be here history or history hut? So yes. more reasons for you guys it, to check it out. It will history be hut. it will be about the history of the character King Arthur. Also, J.H. said, OMG, you need to stop knocking England. You're winding me up, bro. <laughs> that made me laugh earlier. I didn't knock England. I just said this was English. True. That wasn't supposed but to be you a do knock. Consistently knock oh, England. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> How can I not? Um, there you go. You guys just spent a whole bunch of money putting a hat on a man's head. Like, uh, yeah. Taxpayer money. And it, it, all he did was put a hat on a man's head who was already king. Am I supposed to just let that go? Am I supposed to not make fun of that? Come on. But it's a shiny hat. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like, Yeah, it is. Granted, I think it's stupid that we spend money on the inauguration of the president. But I get that there's, you know, some statecraft and some pageantry going on for the other countries. Just still. Like, pomp and circumstance. Exactly. Um, but I will always find it funny that, you know, that basically these people dress up in wizard robes, put a hat on a man's head. Yeah. It's just, it's objectively funny. If oh, you yeah. Look at it. <laughs> I understand that it's a tradition and you, you, you guys respect it. It's, it's kind of funny. Yep. <laughs> like, um, also, when it happened to Charlemagne, he tried to kill the Pope. Uh-oh. Yeah. When Charlemagne was crowned Holy Roman Emperor on Christmas Day in the year 800 AD, his own bodyguards had to hold him back from killing the Pope. Why? Because he didn't like the idea that somebody else had put a crown on his head. Because, well, you gotta, video right you gotta understand what that implies. What does it imply? That the Pope oh, was over him. Yeah. yeah, because Charlemagne could make somebody a duke. The person was under Charlemagne. Charlemagne was king. Mm -hmm. Charlemagne was king because his dad was king. Nobody made him king. God made him king. So by the Pope putting that hat on his head, he was like, hey, yo. Yeah, basically. Um, Charlemagne. A, sounds like a history hub video. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, what what else was I, was I getting to? There was... Oh, yeah. Um, Dracula does have a few distinctions from the Strigoi. He has hair. Mm -hmm. He has an intellect. 
He is an aristocrat, and I believe the reason that the story happens in the first place is that he's trying to move to England, where it's more populous. Oh, really? Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, the reason he wants to move to England, the reason the whole story happens, this guy named Harker goes to do the paperwork mm -hmm. with Dracula so he can purchase his property in England. Yeah. And uh, and and then the story kicks off from there, to my understanding. I haven't I haven't read Dracula. I have not. I've read I only, Frankenstein. I, I've read, like, an abridged children's version of Dracula when I was a kid. Um so I've seen Van Helsing, but it was in like 2005. The one with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, that's a we fun should watch movie. that. Yeah, that's fun. We should, we should we should get drunk and watch that. Movie. Um, that sounds like um, a good time. After this month, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So there there are differences between Dracula and the Strigoi, and when you look at the fact that Bram Stoker started writing a story about an undead uh, aristocrat who terrorizes villages, he very well might have known the legend of Avertaa. And then he might have gone, all right, well, how do I make this more interesting to an English audience? Mm -hmm. Because, first of all, the English are going to look at anything about Irish stuff and be like, because eh. they're English. They tried to kill all the Irish people, so. Yeah. There weren't even that many of them. Like, how do you be bad at genocide? Being English. Um, they, they never, they, they tried it a lot and they never got it right. See, now that he said it, I'm just going to keep doing it. What? Making fun of the English. Oh, fair. Yeah. Um, so what he probably what what I'm thinking Stoker might have done was say, "Hey, Ireland has this cool legend. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that other people have this cool legend. Maybe if I mix some of it together and create a new monster, that will frighten the English, and they'll buy my book and they'll like it." Did it work? It did work. It became a very... It was a bestseller. It's one of the best-known books of all time. It's been adapted into movies basically every 10 years since it came out. Well, since the advent of film. I mean, uh, look at it. Nosferatu obviously is a vampire inspired by the Dracula vampire. Mm -hmm. And that came out in 1922. One of the first movies? It took, like, 25 years. And movies didn't exist. Yep. When the book was written. So, that's fascinating. Yep. Um, and then you get it again. I think there's one in the 30s. There's one in the 50s. There's one. There's a bunch in the 80s. I mean, va the vampires really explode in the 80s and 90s. Like, yeah. you, you've got vampire movies before. You start to see vampires as a pop culture icon, not just remakes of Dracula and similar gothic horror novels. Um, no, you start to get, like, Lost Boys and then The Addiction and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then, of course, as it gets into the 2000s, you have very, very serious vampire films like Twilight. Because it's not serious. Film. No. One of my favorite things is the connection between uh, the fact that Osama bin Laden caused Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For those who don't know, obviously Osama bin Laden behind 9-11. Yep. Um, and then the, uh, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way, uh, I believe was on a ferry. Yes. In between New Jersey and New York, saw everything happened, decided to start a band, um... Eventually, Black Parade comes out. Stephanie Meyer is a huge My Chemical, Rom My Chemical Romance fan. Uh, bases her novels around kind of that emo aesthetic for her vampires, which in, in turn inspires whatever her name was. I cannot remember the author of Fifty Shades of Grey name. I've seen the first well, movie. Wait, you forget. Yeah, yeah she, she made all the Twilight books. Yeah. Which then... Yeah, that's what I mean, is the, the Twilight books then inspired the woman who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey to write her... Twilight fan fiction that turned into Fifty Shades of Grey. So we got really what is the, I would say, the best-selling erotic novel of all time, 
because of well actually this goes back further so it's the cia's fault for funding the mujahideen yep <laughs> and why did they, and why did they decide to do that communism it, communism gave us 50 shades of gray <laughs> So who is directly responsible for it? Vladimir Lenin gave us 50 No, 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 because communism's early. It's Karl Marx <laughs> is responsible for 50 shades of gray. And the deaths of 100 million people, but most importantly, 50 shades of gray. Mm, for this conversation, <laughs> yeah. yes. Oh, boy. Forgot that. Karl Marx is responsible for 9-11. Yeah. I'm keeping that one in the back pocket. Yeah. That's, figured, yeah. That one's coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's, but it's coming, coming out, out all right. Yeah, <laughs> I figured I just gave you ammunition. Yeah. ammunition. Well, I would say Karl Marx was inspired by something, but he was inspired by the fact that he was lazy and unemployed. Um, <laughs> he was. He. It's ironic. The guy who wrote the Communist Manifesto lived off the wealth of his friends his entire life. Really? Yeah. He he got his he got his doctorate. First of all, at a time when it was much easier to get a doctorate. <laughs> he got his doctorate from a university known in the early 1800s as being an easy school. He okay. went to the Coastal Carolina University of PhD programs in Europe. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, Marx was such a loser. Uh, one of my one of my history professors in college, I <laughs> referred to Marxist theory as getting all the bums together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, that was a college professor. Not an economics... Really? That was a college European history professor. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so so Karl Marx is responsible for Fifty Shades of Grey. I guess technically Frederick Engels is responsible for Fifty Shades of Grey because he's responsible for Marx not starving. Um, I have no respect for Karl Marx. I've noted... <laughs> a lot of people have right now. None whatsoever. I have, later communists, we can talk. That one... The one who started it. No. <laughs> what a weenie. <laughs> Beyond the fact that he was, like, mooching off his... He was also life. super racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic. Like, now, see, those are some interesting tributes. Or attributes, specifically. No, no redeeming factors to this man. It seems not. Like, Why did people listen to him? He... You know how people say the Big Bang Theory is dumb people's idea of a smart people show? Yeah. Hmm. Um, whereas Always Sunny is a smart people show about dumb people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, that kind of thing. <laughs> when, when, you, when you read... If you read the Communist Manifesto... You know what's funny? <laughs> that just made me realize. In certain ways... Succession and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia are very similar shows. I have not seen Succession. Nor have I, but I've seen a few, well, I've seen a few episodes, but I couldn't get into it for precisely that reason. Think about it. Think about the premise of Succession. Think about the premise of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Isn't the premise of Succession a bunch of people trying to inherit stuff? To an extent. I guess that is what Always Sunny is. Frank... Yeah. The father. Everyone else in the cast. Everyone else in the cast. They all treat each other horribly in order to try and get ahead in some way or another. Except one is a billionaire family positioned as a drama, and one is a bunch of bums in Delco. Jeez. 
Is it in Delco? No, I think it's like South Philly. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's in Philly. Um, anyway, we were talking about vampires. We were. Not sure how we got here. A lot of I guess European we should, history. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey is is how. Um, yeah, that's uh, let's let's go to uh, let's go to let's go to super chats. <laughs> that basically said everything I needed to say Pretty about vampires. Like, Anything else will be covered this Friday. Yeah. Believe it or not, that was actually a pretty focused episode of this podcast. Which is shocking. <laughs> which is why... I actually stayed on topic for a good chunk of that. Which is why when I said earlier, I think we have ADHD, I think I'm right. Yeah. Woo. Um, Alright, you want to go through? Yeah, let's go through. So, Super Chats, for those who are not familiar with, we go through, we read them primarily due to the fact that Super Chats are easier for us to consolidate. We will, after Super Chats are done, mm -hmm. go through other uh, yeah. chats we can find. If we've got time. If we've got um, time. We took it a little bit longer than usual, so we'll get 845 for yeah. Super Chats. Yeah. Uh, first up, Agamemnon's Jim Bag for $5 says, Are donor goals dead, and when do I get my calendar? We are so behind on donation goals that we're just going to get the ones we have done first. They're paused. Yeah. Um, they're not dead. We'll bring them, they're we'll, we'll bring them back because they were fun. Yeah, no, they're but great. But we just got to get the ones done we have. I still need my Make When Dussie Great Again hat. Yeah, true. So yeah, I can get violated by goth girls at Hot Topic, but yes. I might need to find a new goth store because, as far as I understand, Hot Topic kind of went under, went lame. That's a shame. No, it still exists. It's just pop culture now. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, yeah, but maybe so, Spencer's. Yeah, it's probably the best. It didn't the one in the mall close though. I don't know. Maybe we just put out a call for goth girls to meet us at the Colonial, and I just walk out onto the stage wearing the Make When Dussie Great Again hat, and we just let them say things. Can I turn that into a short film? That sounds so ridiculous. Hilarious. All right. Uh, so, yeah, they're paused because we want to actually get done what we said we would before we start yeah. making, you know, commitments to other things. Uh, Monster Mama for $5 says, Sunday is my D&D &D night, so it's rare that I catch these live. Keep up the great work. Love Thank stuff. You. Thank you. The Sky King 5. We're considering something about that username uh from canadian five dollars and fifty cents thank you uh the mandrainers it sounds like me on a friday night you knew it was coming yeah you knew it was coming uh my mom sent us twenty dollars thank you mom for any particular reason uh nope okay yep uh richard henderson for 199 says say uwu in as deep a voice as you can <clears throat> Was that satisfactory? Like some ASMR here. On this there we go. Hate this job. Yep. <laughs> I love this job. It's great. So much. Uh, William Evans for one ninety nine uh, pounds specifically says, "Kamru uh, and Beth." Is that uh, company on Beth? Which means uh, long live Wales. Ah, very nice. Uh, yes. Uh, Richard Henderson from 499 said, Romans thought it was only good to be a top. They looked down on people who were bottoms. Yes, that is, to my understanding, how it worked. Makes sense. Uh, K Android for $10 says, Down to support all the different topics you guys cover, you always provide great research and oh, well, varying cultural perspectives. I wouldn't even think about it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Justin Setters just gave us some victory emoji for $20. Thank you very much. 
Better Nate than Lever, love that, for 199, said, have you seen any pre-Columbian vampirism accounts? Yes, I briefly cover one. Um, there, there were a few. It was really hard to find details on them. Also, there is kind of a push to not Europeanize Native American legends, which I understand. At the same time... It's kind of difficult when you're trying to do comparative analysis of folklore. Yeah. Because you would just like for everything that fits under one umbrella to be listed in one place. Uh, but the uh, the Huron, the Wyandot peoples have um, something called the Hustra Du, which is a undead uh, being that comes back. And I'm, try I'm trying to remember the details of it. I, I cover it in the Friday video. Um I can grab my, my notebook if you want to read the next one, and I'll just grab that. Might as well. Uh, the next one's from uh, Agamemnon's Gym Bag for $5.69. You know I love the unique dollar amounts. Also the nice dollar amount. Yes, nice. Uh, did you see the 2015 article on the BBC about people drinking blood in the New Orleans area? No, but of all the places in the country that could have happened, I am totally unsurprised it's New Orleans. Yeah, my... That's number three. New Orleans seems like a place that is just mythological to me. It's a fun spot. I would say Florida, then Oklahoma, then New Orleans would be my first, second, third of assumptions ah. of where that would be happening. Here we go. The Wyandot have the Hustra Du, an evil spirit who possesses the corpse of the recently deceased, animates it, and then consumes the living. Ah, interesting. You'll notice a lot of these involve the recently deceased. Yes. Vampire right. stories rarely seem to involve the long deceased. Interesting. For obvious reasons. <laughs> Graboid Fan 31 for $5. First of all, I also love Tremors. Love that. I didn't see that movie. It's so fun. Uh, first chat, longtime viewer. Th last week you mentioned speaking in tongues being ah, misconceived yes. easily. Could you elaborate? I don't know much about it. Also, your first super chat, Graboid Thank Fan. You. Thank you for super chatting. Yeah, so the, the speaking in tongues of the Bible is when people would start speaking in a language they had no knowledge of. So say you are a, uh, a Hebrew speaker and you suddenly start speaking in Greek. That's the idea. It's that. And, and one, one of the ideas, one of the suggestions is that some of the apostles may have been capable of speaking in tongues in that they were Aramaic speakers, but, when needed, they could speak in Greek, mm. something like that. Interesting. Um, you know, some of these stories. That's I don't know. I don't think that's particularly biblical to my understanding. Um, that you did have apostles to the Gentiles, but those were probably just Greek speakers um, already. There's not a ton of back information about the apostles themselves. We know a little bit more about some of them. Um, but yeah, so speaking in tongues is not just gibberish. It's not. It's not some angelic language nobody understands. It's that you're speaking other languages of humans hmm. it's it's not what the pentecostals seem to think well good to know uh grant brazil for 499 says can we get a video about pre-roman english english mythology and their gods or about etruscans or sicily also it's brazil like the country uh so grant uh, brazil interesting yeah very interesting spelling uh <laughs> There are no pre-Roman English. I think I think I get where you're coming from. Um, uh, yes, yes, that would mean doing a video on Celtic mythology, Brythonic Celtic mythology. If you're looking specifically for uh, English mythology, 
yeah, we can also we can do an Anglo-Saxon video. Um, we'll definitely have history stuff on those guys going up over on History Hut, and um, I can absolutely, as I'm researching for that, also then do some research into their folklore. Mm. I will say the Anglo-Saxon stuff, their gods are going to be very, very, very similar to the Norse, mm. um, because it's it's basically one pantheon that split into two pantheons, mm. but the gods and goddesses of the two pantheons tend to cross each other makes sense it's kind of like uh the, the romans and the greeks ah. to an extent um richard Henderson. and yes i can also i can i can with the etruscans the problem with the etruscans is like the uh the celts we don't know a ton about them because we just don't have as many as much information okay richard henderson for 199 said does north norse mythology have a concept of yeah, vampires that was like that, yeah yeah uh, Grant Brazil for 199 said, do y'all listen to Amaranth? Uh, yeah, I covered that yep. one too. Yeah, I do. I actually think they're a really awesome band. I love the concept of having a female clean, uh, male clean and male screamer. I think it's a really mm. cool. Yeah, it is cool. Vocal pattern. Jack Garcia for 499 said, not topic related, but my friend is arguing to me that we get Christianity from Egyptians, like with Ra, and I know it's not that, but please help. I... I don't know what what more to say other than ask him for his sources because I guarantee you he doesn't have any. Um, there the whole there are almost zero similarities between Ra and Jesus. <laughs> other than that, they're both the son of a god, mm. and they're both resurrected. The rest of it is almost completely unique. Um, sure. there, there are people here's the thing about Christianity because it's the dominant world religion everyone's always trying to poke holes in it is it? I thought yeah I thought by numbers Islam was no really? Islam's still about I think half a billion people smaller really? Mm -hmm. it goes Christianity, Islam, Hindu those are the top three um, and the thing is that people compare Christianity to the cult of Mithras and compare it to Osiris and compare it to Ra and compare it to the Mesopotamian. Here's the thing. If you compare Christianity, if you compare the stories within Christianity and Judaism to enough things, mm -hmm. eventually you'll find a way to find a parallel for basically every single story. Sure. The thing is, there are parallels from different mythologies. Mm. So there's certain things that apply to Judaism about Mesopotamian mythology. Mm -hmm. There's certain things about Judaism that apply to Egyptian mythology. That does not necessarily mean that they got them from either one. Granted, they need to spend time in both places, but a lot of the stuff they say they got from the Mesopotamians is in the stuff from before the exile period. Hmm. So it's it's just a time like the that is that that whole thing is a a conspiracy theory basically, and it's not even a good one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ask him for his sources, and if you can send me those sources, I will happily send you an email back with holes poked in all of them molten amber 85 for 199 said where does damn fear as a concept come in did we cover that uh where was it dampier dampier i i believe they're they're just another classification of vampire like mm. the, like they would be like a street boy got it is my understanding i think vampire dampier are specifically half vampires of some kind i think they're supposed to, i think if i'm remembering correctly they're supposed to be the offspring of a vampire and a human if I remember correctly. Got it. Cakes for 499 said, Thank you for taking my video suggestion, boys. I've been preparing to fight a vampire for some time now. <laughs> this information will help guide my hand. Glad we could help. 
remember, all the stuff about garlic and all that comes later. The only thing that's original is beheading. Important knowledge. Ironic. Not ironic, but it is nice to see, slash hear, that the supernatural version... Is right. Is right. Yep. The, the, the stake through the heart thing pretty explicitly doesn't work in the Strigoi mythology. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seems... I, I don't know why Stoker chose to keep that, but he did. Hmm. Bobcat for $2 said, Ever since the Twilight movies, vampires suck. They are less... They are less interesting since the Twilight movies. Uh, also, wasn't there a Twilight parody called Vampires Suck? I think so, yeah. I think that was a thing. I think that was, in fact... If I remember correctly, I liked it better than Twilight. Probably. Because it was meant to be funny. Do you remember when from, like, 2008 through 2012, everybody was making parodies of everything for some like reason? Like, extensive parodies. There were, so many, there were so many. Superhero movie? Yeah, movie 43. Which is ironic, considering that they was They were, like, before, high budget, too. They were, they were pretty obvious. But I find that funny, considering it was before superhero movies really got big. Yeah. Like, imagine that movie now. Well, they, well superhero they, movies were a little bit easier to make fun of 15 years ago. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, fair. They've now kind of, they're, like, the main thing. They've, they've kind of gotten really high budget and impressive. Not just high budget. Like, they are the highest yeah. budgets in Hollywood. Remember when it was crazy that Transformers had a $250 million budget? Yeah. <laughs> and then Infinity War and Endgame's over a billion. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise was like, I make plane about Zoomy. I make movie about Zoomy plane yes. and it made a billion dollars. Yep. And everybody was like, hmm, maybe we've been trying too hard. Casey <laughs> <laughs> um, Sharer for $9.99. Uh, follow up from a couple of weeks ago. My dad is a retired NPS Ranger okay. and agrees with your opinions on three letter government agencies. Based dad. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. Love it. History Daddy for two pounds says money for violating marks. Listen, the man deserves it. <laughs> Uh, bam for five dollars say what you will about communist theory and about the rest of communism but that dude was a dweeb yeah like. bam for five dollars saying speaking of creatures whose lore has changed over time clown update clown i didn't realize we had something to update. are you the person that asked about nephilim clowns last or two weeks ago because if you are i got all right i'll, I'll do some research into clowns love it L. Martinson for $5. Everybody Loves a Clown episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeply unsettling. Horrifying, yeah. Uh, L. Martinson for $5 said, I think I learned more about Karl Marx than vampires in this video, and I am here for it. <laughs> yeah, this is why the live show uh, slash podcast is not what we recommend to get your information from. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Friday videos are yeah, for. Yeah, this, this, is, this is for fun. <laughs> yes, this is a fun show. This is for us to, is, as a community, enjoy each other. Uh, Jay Nazario 415 for $2 says, We're trapped. Floop is a madman. Help us save us. Floop is a madman. Help us save us. That's from something. That is that Spy Kids? That I think that's Spy right. Kids. That sounds... I'm going to Google it. Hang on. Floop is a madman. Help us save us. That sounds like, I think, Spy Kids too, right? Yep. Spy Kids 1. Dude, that was a fever dream of a movie. Oh my lord. Yeah. Wait, song from Spy Kids is actually a secret movie? Or secret message? Oh. Okay, they're talking about it. Yeah, because... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, in the movie. Yeah, okay, I see. I see where we're coming from now. Interesting. Uh, also, thank you for... I will job. say, I'm... I'm 
from this specific angle, I'm seeing the Daniel Radcliffe comparison for the first time. Looking at the camera? Yeah. This is the first time I've ever been like looking at him like, ah, you know what? I see it now. Not as much in real life, which is interesting. Yeah, no. If you see me like in person, I look nothing like Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's weird. But um, I get it. Cakes for 499 said, everyone, if you want to get a crazy book series to read involving vampires, The Zombie Fallout by Mark Tufoe is absolutely perfect. 10 out of 10. I will take a look at it. Worth taking a look at. Uh, N0V-A42 for $2 says, getting into night vision, analog versus digital. Dude, I am not the person to ask. <laughs> um, I, uh, I mean, I'll say this much. I, I like analog things as a backup. Yep. I always like having an analog backup for as much things as possible. Yeah, analog in general. Um, I, I My guess is the digital ones are probably better. They're good. I know the one benefit of the digital Which ones. Which ones did I have? Uh, digital. Digital? I would go digital in that case. Yeah. I trust that man's judgment. Yeah. Oh, no. I think he had analog, but he was going to upgrade to digital. Okay. Then if he was upgrading to digital, then yeah. I would still go digital. Well, the one benefit about digital is that you can't go blind from it. I did not know you could go blind from the analog. If if somebody like flashes headlights at you, yeah. Oh God, yeah. could you? That would be like permanently blind. Yikes. Okay, yeah, digital sounds good. Well, more specifically, certain lasers that are not supposed to be used by people of certain types, uh, if they go into your eyes. Gotcha. Boom. Um, Richard Henderson for one ninety nine said, "What are your guys' favorite vampire movies?" I haven't seen it in forever, but Lost Boys. I don't the think Lost I've ever Boys, seen it. That's a good one. Yeah. It's it's classic eighties. Mm. Like it's it is an eighties movie, Got it. but it's a good eighties movie. I've never really been huge into horror stuff. Like my in, introductions to horror have been through him. Yeah. So I'd be down to watch it with you. Yeah, we can do that. Cool. Uh, Aquafan for one or nine ninety nine said, "Excited to say I'll be going back to college in August. Uh, masters in music studies, emphasis in music theory. I also received a teaching assistantship." I've been a band directing, or I've been band directing for five years, man. big change. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for $2 says most birds are real. Most. Not all. Not all. My parents have a fake owl. Really? Yeah, it's to drive off real birds. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Grant Brazil for one ninety nine said, if you do donor goals again, can you drink pilk? Is that Pepsi milk? Probably. No. <laughs> you can? high donation goal. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. Yeah, it sounds brutal. Uh, Plaz, member for 14 months. Hey, old boy. Uh, I would love to run some uh, TRPGs for you guys, like Vampires the Masquerade, Call of Cthulhu, or Demon Gate High. Let's uh, let's let's plan for a for a Demon Gate High one. Let's let's get into talks about that. Um, you know what I just picked up at Ollie's yesterday? What? We, um, it's a version of Risk mm -hmm. that is Office Politics Risk. It was like five bucks. It's official risk, but it's office politics, and it's like you uh, are against each other with managers and interns, and so you roll to whether or not you get fired or, like, you can, like, take one of the other department's interns and stuff like that. Wow. It is so stupidly funny. We should we should, we should should pick that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have it at my place. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for $5.01. You know me. Nice. Uh, did you see Tim Cast discussing the Nephilim on Friday? Yes, I was listening to that episode today. I texted Brett. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, I'm so glad Seamus is back because it drives me nuts whenever Ian talks about Christianity. <laughs> I love the guy. I love Ian. He's he's such a pure soul. 
but he has he he's he's got some gaps on on early hebrew theology um seamus was able to kind of like settle it and be like okay let's not go too in deep here there's this couple of theories and the other guy who was a guest i kind of i felt like the guy the other guy who was a guest i was legitimately sitting there like has this guy watched the show because oh, ours yeah because he's talking about uh you know nephilim basically the it, what he said about the nephilim yesterday mm-hmm. not yesterday friday was almost it, it he it was it felt like he was paraphrasing what paraphrasing what i said about the nephilim on thursday really that's the weird part is because he's and he's because he, at first i was like oh god not this again like but i uh, he started talking about it and I'm like, and the way he was talking about it and when it got into, uh, Seamus brought up the, the godly line of Seth argument, the, the argument that it's the, the children of Cain and the children of Seth. Mm-hmm. And the other guy was like, yeah, but if you think about it, that doesn't really make sense because everywhere in the Bible, the term sons of God are used. It's the term is benai Elohim and it's like, and later in the Bible, it's used to mean angels. Yeah. And when you look at the Bible, people, when people say son of, they don't necessarily mean the immediate. And I'm sitting here like, this is almost word for word how i described it at the very least we should get in touch with them well it's tim cast no no, no the, the guest oh yeah i probably can yeah um i'm gonna be down there for a week in june so yeah, yeah uh the fun little announcement that i can officially say now uh i will be co-hosting pop culture crisis for the entire week of june 5th through 9th it's gonna be uh I, yeah i don't know who the other guests are necessarily gonna be but i know i'm gonna be there nice nice uh isaac otto for no- oh we already did that oh no 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 we didn't uh isaac otto for 999 says hey guys i wore the angry for the gourd sweatshirt to young adults group they liked it the only feedback i would give is that the head hole is a little small other than that it's great it will it will stretch out <laughs> love that you wore that there. That i love fantastic. that you wore it thank you uh was was it the pity for the gourd or the uh doest thou well to feel pity for the gourd because one's a band tee and one's just the quote so i'm curious which mm, one it was yeah uh, but uh yeah if you just if you just kind of give it a little stretch with your hands that that head hole will stretch out uh unfortunately we we have limited options regarding what actual sweatshirt the design goes on yeah it basically lets us choose premium or classic and we went with the premium so premium are nice though those those sweatshirts are comfy oh they're really nice Zachary Cheaply for $5 said, uh, that's about a Spy Kids lore video. Oh, God. Yeah, fair enough. Also, thank you for, for a super chat. Thank you. Uh, Sean Easton for $1.99 ooh, said, is your coffee mold-free? Asking for my mom. Can you hand me the coffee? Are you just going to... This one was... I literally just unsealed this. And I bought this in January. See any mold? I don't. No mold. You want to dump some out? I can confirm there is no mold on these beans. I'm not seeing mold. Bean. No mold. Yeah, no mold on beans. Um, The beans are actually fresh roasted. Uh, I have not been down to the roastery yet i was planning to go in february but i didn't have time so uh next time i'm down to see like stakuya or something in lexington mm. yeah that'd be fun. i'll stop in i was planning to be in lexington a lot more frequently <laughs> um, but not yeah. anymore so Fair. 
Uh, Giuliana Mizrahi for two forty nine. Is that euros? That looks like uh, euros. Yeah. Yep. Uh, talk Incubi and Succubi. We kind of did a little bit. Uh, I, we talked about uh, we talked about the Incubus and the Incubi a lot in the sleep paralysis video. Mm. Um, you know, those are uh, Incubus was a a uh, a medical term that meant a dream caused by a demon, um, and they would sit on top of your chest and all that. Succubus is, of course, the female variant, so to speak, uh, of of the incubus. And there's there's some things about incubi and succubi being able to reproduce together, um, which I think is interesting. It is interesting um, that the succubi gets obviously a certain sort of fluid um, from the man, and somehow that the incubi, the incubus. There, there's some sort of there's a whole thing. Um, mm. I'll, I'll look more deeply into it, but yeah, I can I can look into doing a video about that. Cakes for $4.99 said, have you heard of the Chris Fowler case from 2016? I saw it on a YouTube short. Chris I think it, Fowler. Yeah, I think it might be a missing 411 case, maybe? Uh, do you want to just add that to the missing 411? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Next question from L. Martinson, $10 is, Pilk is actually good. Drink Pilk now. I'm scared of the Pilk. Understandable. The Pilk frightens me. Uh, uh, Callan Kennedy for $4.99 said, no question, just super chat. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, ZayJH3 for $10 said, Hey guys, sorry to hear about what happens on December 16th, 2034. First Super Chat. So am I. Well, now I feel out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joanna Mizrahi for uh, 11.99 euros. You. Have you ever watched a channel of Dr. Angela Puka? She seems to have a very different view from you guys, yet with a lot of research and academic knowledge. It's about witchcraft, mysticism, etc. No, but it seems like it I had it, but I can certainly look into it. And then maybe we could have her on as guest. Yeah, that'd interested. be cool. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Otto for 199 says, It was doest thou well to be angry for the gourd. Good, good. I love that. Love one. that. Uh, Elazar Karipov for 199 I hope that was correct. Thoughts on a 2019 Noah movie with, or sorry, 2014 Noah movie with Russell Crowe? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I know that there is no shot that it could live up to the other Russell Crowe boat movie, which is Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. Fantastic movie, won a number of Oscars, directed by Peter Weir, came out just after The Gladiator, which always overshadows it. Incredible movie, one of the most historically accurate of all time. Recommend you watch it. Fantastic. Okay. And I have not seen the 2014 mo movie with Russell Crowe about Noah, but I will certainly take a look if I can find it. It's probably on Amazon. Yeah, you know what it's called? Fun. It's literally just called Noah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yep. It was, I, I saw bits and pieces of it. It was fine. Uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for $5 said, Something was scratching at my roof last night. Raccoon or dogman? I hope a raccoon. Not enough evidence? Not really enough info there to comment. Feel like la noir it's well i will say in the palmyra wolf story whether you believe that's true or not mm -hmm. um they do prowl around on the roof for a little while there interesting yeah uh next one is from mental hedgehogs for 499 says do you think the reason british mm -hmm. currency called pound is because of prima nocta what is that the lord's right to the first night explain uh there is a later i believe it's a victorian invention actually uh, a later <sighs> how do I put this um, people not living in the middle ages thought that people in the middle ages uh, sometimes had rules where 
the king or lord, uh, depending on who was getting married and where, had the right to uh, the first night in a woman's bed. Uh, that has essentially no historical basis. Yeah, it was basically like you'd get married and then the the Lord had the right to that. It makes no sense when you think about it, no. actually, um, because of the amount of, of bastard children you'd end up with and how much of a problem that would have been for medieval yeah. society. The fact that, you know, you might have, you, you would have had claimants and everything. Like, it, when you actually, <laughs> knowing what we know now about the medieval period, prima nocta makes no sense. Back in the, in the 1700s and 1800s, they had a little bit more fun with the idea. Fair. Girk Roleplay for $10 says, I must ask, when can I get that picture for the Mo uh, Monarchy portrait? <laughs> also, how's it been going with uh, Irish Jesus? That's you. You're Irish Jesus. Oh, I love that. Oh, God. Um, um, it's been good. Thank uh, you. How about you? I will see if I have any pictures of Archie that will work. If not, we should we should do a photo shoot with Archie this week. Well, you have that one, like, drawing of him. Yeah, that's from when he was a baby. Yeah, fair. Um, There's a number of good options, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, Grant Brazil for four ninety nine said, "Can we get a video about commonly believed but false historical documents and accounts?" Ooh, That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Is that a history? Hub that's idea? probably a, his a history yeah. hub video. Um, but that's a really cool idea. Yeah, like the Iron Maiden and stuff like that. Yeah, I can definitely do that. That'll be a fun one. Um, oh, there's a history hut page for this. That would have been helpful today. Oh. <laughs> Not yet today. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, there's still time. Yeah. Um, uh, and Tika, the... Mugless Sovin for four ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Love your guys' content. It's awesome how detailed you get into your research. I'm curious if either of you have heard of the game Hunt Showdown. It has a nice Southern Gothic horror theme to it. Also, thank you for your first super chat. Thank you. I have not. I, I will look into it, though, because I'm always looking for new stuff to stream on Twitch. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, if you haven't caught him, I do stream on twitch tuesday wednesday and thursday nights or tuesday wednesday and friday nights um and we do tuesday is paranormal night where we talk we watch videos of you know people who actually who claim they've actually encountered ghosts mm -hmm. talk about whether or not we think it's real or fake yep. um talk about the folklore behind what they're talking about o very often we end up laughing at other youtubers um who do paranormal content like like twin paranormal sam and colby um because it's i won't i won't bad mouth them here it's just it's, they think everything's a skinwalker. <laughs> they'll be in like the basement of a house in New England, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, I think there's a skinwalker here!" I'm like, oh, guys, why? Uh, yeah. Cole Jenkins for two dollars says thoughts on the supernatural anime. Also, oh wait, I forgot to go through the rest of that. Wednesday we do analog horror night, so like we just finished up with Mandela catalog. Okay. Uh, before that we did Marble Hornets. Friday nights are usually I will pick a a topic and I. Uh, it's also you 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 sub I drink, so mm -hmm. if you subscribe, I will take a drink of of a an not alcohol. This not this month because I'm I'm sober this month, but uh, yep. next month that'll be back. There we go. Cole Jenkins for two dollars. Thoughts on the supernatural anime? I have not seen the supernatural anime because I don't watch anime. <laughs> I did check it out way back way back in the day. From what I recall, it's only one season. Is it okay? It's fine. It's only Jensen. Did, it's it's they're like their own unique versions of like the first season i think I, th I and i think they might be slightly different um stories as well jensen voices dean uh-huh but because of a scheduling conflict when they were making it mm -hmm. 
Jared doesn't voice Sam. Oh, I don't like that. So unique. I feel like they should have just waited. Yeah, unique Jensen dialogue. That's Jensen, and Jared's just not. It's weird. I wonder what the hell Jared was doing. I think it was back when he was doing the Friday the Thirteenth movie. Oh, I've seen that. It's actually decent. Is it? Yeah, he was also in a uh, House of Wax, I think, around that time, mm-hmm. which was also good. Yeah. Uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for two dollars. That's here's the money. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, did you see any in there that you found particularly interesting? Of the, uh... I did not do to the focus on supers. Yeah. I'll fair. keep an eye on any new supers as we wrap up here. We're getting into the closing of the show. Uh, so if you have any last questions or comments, get them in now. And if there's a thing you saw that you want answered that somebody didn't super chat, you know, let us know. Because, yes. Um, da, da, da. Uh, I did not talk about Indian vampires. Uh, there there were a lot of vampires to cover. Um, I, I, I'm going to suggest it to Isaiah that you do a Wendy, like a, a vampire iceberg video. Yeah. Because I don't want to do, I don't want to steal his thing, but also that is absolutely an iceberg video. <laughs> um, Michael Anthony Avellan Contento says weird Bible podcast question mark. We just did one. It was it was it was Thursday. It was last Thursday. Yeah. When's the next one? Oh, he might not know that it's on a new channel now. Ah. The weird Bible podcast has its own channel now. It is called the Weird Bible. Um, if you search the Weird Bible, you should find it. It. It has about 5,500 subs now, so it should show up. Hmm. Um, if not, if you go to youtube.com slash at the weird Bible, yep. it'll come up that way. Uh, Richard Henderson for 199 said, favorite supernatural season? Ooh, that's a good one. I know mine. Which one's yours? Three. I was I was thinking three as well. Yeah. Yeah. The only issue I have with season three is that one of the directors early in the series and had them take the spotlights off of the Impala, and they never got put back. They're on the Impala when they do flashbacks later in the show, but they never put them back on. You're really upset about that specific instance with the Impala. It was such a cool detail. I don't know why they took them off. When they did the Impala in the Scooby Natural episode, they put the spotlights on it. So why weren't they back in the regular show? I don't know. It's weird. Um, uh, Petey Gone Mad Arts for $5 says, just wanted to mention an old vampire mention in Jewish literature... Nico Rin. Also, thank you for your super chat. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I will. I'll add that to the list because I'm curious. Isagato for four ninety nine said, "I will." Sam and Colby make my brain hurt from their nonsense. They seem like nice enough guys. It's just a content style that, like, it, it, they, they they're making content for teenagers. Is what mm. it is. You know, and that's that's fine. That's if that's your niche, go for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's what honest. I'll be honest. What frustrates me a little bit, it's it's envy for me that they have the money to go and do these paranormal investigations, and and they don't. They yeah. just kind of like run around in the dark, screaming at stuff. And I'm like, dude, I would if I had that kind of, I got, if I had that kind of funding. If I had that bankroll, man. It's because they're doing it entertainment, not I, education. I, well, to be fair, we do mark our videos as entertainment as well. Um, True, but the content of our yeah. But yeah, I just wish, you know, it, it's, it, it I, I won't comment on their personalities because I know how, I know a ton of it's got to be a bit for, the teen, for, you know, getting the teenagers to watch the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, our, our, our content is marketed to anybody who's interested in it. It's not, it's not marketed to any specific demographic, any specific age group. Obviously you and I are 25 ish. Um, you're 24, right? Almost 25. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously we're in our mid twenties. We're going to be the most relatable to people in their mid twenties. But I know that there are people who watch the show who are 60. Yeah. There are people who watch the show who are 15. You know, that's why we try to keep the shows family friendly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not because we're marketing or targeting a younger audience. It's because we want to make sure a younger audience can watch and that an older audience won't be offended by younger people's, uh, you know, proclivity for profanity. Yeah. Um, proclivity for profanity would be a great metal band. It would actually. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Let's see, uh, what was the, the Jewish vampire called? The Nikorim? Uh, yeah, Nikorim. N-I-K-O-R-I-M. There we go. Got written down. Agamemnon's gym bag for $5 says, convince Wendy to reincorporate the gun tuber crossover that we need. Reincorporate the gun tuber. Reincorporate the gun tuber. I thought he just did a gun tuber. Yeah, so did I. Video. I don't know what that... Define what you mean by that. Jack Garcia for one ninety nine said, Colby got testicular cancer from the skinwalker. Oh, no. Well, that is unfortunate. Did he actually get testicular cancer? Because that would be awful. Yeah, it would suck. I'd feel horrible if he did. Yeah. I don't like the guy's content, but he seems like a nice enough man. Fair. I think those guys are like our age, too. That makes sense. Well, <laughs> it definitely makes sense. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, if that's, if yeah, that's it for it, the yeah. evening, I think we're uh, we're about ready to wrap it up here. Yeah, there we go. Um, I think they're referring to the... I think they're reforming the Dawn Guard. <laughs> Uh, J-Rock2007 said, I heard they're reforming the Dawn Guard, Vampire Hunters or something, in the old fort near Riften. Might consider joining up myself. Is that like a Skyrim thing? It's a quote from Skyrim. One of the guards says it. If you get the Dawn Guard expansion pack, he's like, uh, I heard they're reforming the the Dawn Guard, Vampire Hunters or something, in the old fort near Riften. Might consider joining up myself. (laughs) Like, it's, it's, it burned into my memory. That's amazing. Um, all right, but thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thanks for watching. We will have a the video out for you on Friday, and then uh, obviously I'll be on Twitch on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. Have a great week, everybody. Bye, guys.